you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. I certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And with me, Brother Kevin, good morning to you. Good morning, Sergeant Major Carragher. And I want you to know that my dear brother, he is uh, on this Thursday morning, he's sitting about four feet from me. We're just having a time being able to go through and do these things together. And we're really excited about that. And folks, we want you to know the first week of October, make sure you get this on your calendars. The first week of October, you'll find us at the Bemidji PTSD Wounded Spirits Conference. And we want you to come. So if you go to my Facebook page or just type in Jeff Meyer, he's the point of contact. Get a hold of him. Bemidji is a wonderful camp. It's beautiful up there, right on a beautiful crater lake. It's, Minnesota. Uh, up in Minnesota, northern Minnesota. Folks, they've got better food there than you can shake a stick at. I'm telling you, mm. God is doing a work up there. Join us in Bemidji, will you? That first full week of October, Bemidji, we're in the Russian language Concordia Village Camp. I believe uh, the best food I've ever had at a conference has been in Bemidji, Minnesota. We want you to come up and be part of that. Come and hear the special music. Come and be part of that. You know, so we got these Christian riddles. Now they demand an answer. We've been doing these kind of jokes with Kevin. Um, and we've been doing fourth grade <laughs> level. Now this does say kid. Uh, so I stayed at the kid level. I don't want real hard ones. And I think Kevin's going to nail every one of these. I'm just being honest with you. So I'm actually turning up the volume on the other thing over here. I think he's just going to hammer this one. I led the Israelites out of Egypt and went up to Mount Sinai alone. I came down with 10 commandments written on two tablets of stone. Who am I? I would say Moses. There we are, folks. Can you believe it? I mean, those those new Christian riddles just hammer right away. Just out of nowhere, it's happening. I want to talk about uh, self-consciousness. And, and self-consciousness, this is a bad thing, folks. So when you hear the buzzwords, what's your self-consciousness like? So what people are saying to you out here in society when they're asking you that, are they saying, are you constantly going around worried about yourself, what you've done, what you're saying? Are you so wound up? Are you living that kind of life? They said Einstein used to go around and keep notes about himself, and he used to drive himself crazy. You know, we need to be the kind of people that keep notes about God. And uh, so when we think of this self-consciousness, it's not about that. It's about what God sees in us again, holding the mystery of the faith within a pure conscience, uh, to be pure. We're not walking around being self-conscious all the time. We're not worried about our thoughts, our saying. We're not worried about the pimple on the end of our nose. We're not worried about all those different things. We just need to be sober and vigilant. We don't have to live a life of self-consciousness. Living a life of self-consciousness, can I tell you something? It's self-vigilance. It's being vigilant, overly vigilant, hyper-vigilant constantly worried about everything about you. It's a bad place to be. You don't want to live there, Kevin. Yes, sir. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 4, 4, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. So when he says by myself, he's talking about by himself, from himself, about himself. And there are some people that think by themselves, 
for uh, you know about themselves and that is it's you know it's in, it's one of those um it's an endless loop in 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 computer language it's we're talking about something that has no resolution you've got to get away from that and i'll be honest with you doug worshiping god gets me out of myself gets me out of that loop it breaks the chains it yeah. breaks that that negative thinking worship a big god i remember last um Last Christmas, I was out west. I was alone at a church. I'll be honest with you. I was alone at a church. And it's just it's just the way it landed this year. Now, now a bunch of my kids came and joined me not long afterwards. And so there was, there was hope for that. But, I mean, I was alone, and I was feeling pretty low. Somewhere along the line, Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, I was listening to an internet radio station. I can't remember which one. It might have been Rejoice Radio. It might have been CanVBC. Who knows what it was? But I do know this. They did the Hallelujah Chorus. Hey, Amen. I don't care if it was the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I don't care. what the. I, for one thing, I knew the guy that wrote that, Handel, Handel, um, when he came up with the Hallelujah Chorus, he as he was writing it, he fell on his face, worshiping God, crying. And, and I never forget that. I never forget that when I listened to that song. And so I was listening to that, and... He shall live forever and ever. And and all the wondrous things about God. We're talking about Christmas by yourself. The epitome of everything that should be wrong in life. I'm going to go to the garden and eat worms. You know what? I was on my face crying, worshiping. It was one of the most glorious experiences I ever had. I didn't plan on it, didn't expect it. God met me in my motorhome. Glory to God. And guess what? I, I just was so excited. I said, you know what? It's Christmas. I am not going to sit around in this coach. I went into, um, oh, not Dodge City. I wasn't in Kansas, but it was Tombstone, Arizona. Yeah. I went into Tombstone. I walked the, literally the dusty streets of an old west town up and down, video chatting with my kids and had a blast. And the kids were like, we want to go to Tombstone. We want to go to Tombstone. You can see Doc Holliday's saloon. You can be, you can see the courthouse. You can see everything there, but it's just, it's Doug. It's wonderful when our self-consciousness turns into a God consciousness. There it is, man. When you drop the craziness and being wound up, being vigilant, and you start singing the song, have thine own way, Lord, Mm. (laughs) and uh, have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will while I am waited, while I'm waiting, yielded and still. Folks, sometimes we got to be still. And uh, old George Frederick Handel is what they say over in Deutschland. And mm. I'll tell you, I used to listen to the guy. He died over there. He was Prussian, I think, and he died in London. But that guy could write some music, couldn't he? Oh, oh man. They used to, I had a neighbor that you'd go out in the backyard when I lived in Deutschland, when I was living in Germany, and you could hear Handel, and he'd be playing that. And uh, I'd say, you know, doesn't the guy have any Mozart or something? You know, about three years in, you're sick of Handel. I, I got to be honest with you. You're like, I can't take this anymore. I'm getting sick of this. We find ourselves moving on with the life of Christ and and uh, what an opportunity we have to uh, tune into this and be part of this every day. You know, I want you to know that after listening to the Bible and doing my Bible reading, before I even walk out into the gym portion, I've done my Bible reading. I've listened. It's about 30 minutes for me. I'll do a devotion on my way home from there. But this 
broadcast is tuned into my ears while I'm out there lifting weights, doing those things. I'm listening to it again, and God is using it in my life. And I'm thinking, mm. and it's not because of what we're doing here. It's because of God's word. And folks, just throw God's word into your life. We're going to look at that right now in John chapter 8, starting in verse 48. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil. Jesus answered and said, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and you do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory. This is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, now we know that thou hast the devil. Abraham is dead and the prophets, and thou sayest, if a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets that are dead, who makest thou thyself? And I purposely broke it off there so we can look at what's being said up to that. And boy, we get some answers in a little while. Uh, but again, you know, they're just sitting there challenging God. They, you know, as as a guy who's a Christian in my life, if I was a Jew and a Christ follower, I'd be saying, God, zap one of them, you know, <laughs> turn one of them into ashes, show them that you are the true God. Absolutely. Uh, but we have a merciful, merciful God, <laughs> and uh, he's resisting the hostility. He's not going to be part of it. So we have this innate responsibility, right? Where the, the Bible tells us that the, the love of Christ constraineth us over there in the book of Corinthians and second Corinthians. And and the love of Christ constraineth him. He constraineth himself. He's like, you know, talking to them realistically, uh, telling them what they should be doing. That he's, again, we should strive to, to you know, answer our distractors, to answer those people in our lives with, with that kind of honor, with that kind of mercy, with that kind of love. Mm -hmm. uh, that's how we should answer people. And, and we should honor and show obedience to God. And, and, and again, over and over again, Christ is showing obedience to his father. He's demonstrating a commitment to honor his father in all things God, to include the Pentateuch, to include the words of God, to include the prophets, to include the minor prophets, to include all these things they read in the Bible. He's he's honoring that. He's he's being obedient to it. But these guys can't see beyond, hey, Abraham's going to open a door for me and let me walk through it. They can't see behind that the Savior that's mentioned in the very Bible that they're betting on the savior who's mentioned in that has their backs he's standing there in front of them and, and folks he's standing in front of us so maybe right next to us so use that as you go through your day doug will return shortly meanwhile you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements And, you know, Christ has given us another example here that our lives, we should seek God's glory. 
That's what we should be at, you know, to bring him honor and glory. Every time we get ready to do a broadcast, we pray, we ask for God to allow us to bring honor and glory to him. Christ is standing up there at an example. I'm glorifying my father. I'm glorifying that. Uh, mm. Jesus is offering, again, another promise of eternal life, Kevin. Over and over again, we got this great God, and this great God is, is continuously saying, I'm the eternal life. I'm the way. You don't mm. see death. And they're like, well, you've got to have a devil. There's there's something wrong with you. Mm. Yeah, this whole book of John is Jesus Christ over and over saying, look at me. And it, it fits with those Old Testament scriptures, um, look unto me and be ye saved. So it takes a look at God. And they took a look at God in the flesh and said, don't like it. We came, we saw, we left. <laughs> and they left lost. What was the last verse, by the way, Doug, that I don't because I don't want to get ahead and as Yeah, it's easy to get ahead in this one. I stopped at fifty three and 53. so there's, there's answers coming in fifty four. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. So yeah, the end of this passage they they again they took a look at Jesus and we said, Now we know that these are the narcissists in your life, by the way. Now we know that thou hast a devil. So they were so threatened. They felt so threatened that they like, okay, okay, everybody look, 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 aha, 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 I knew it. You know, the, the this crowd, I don't care if they're religious, I don't care if they're a preacher, I don't care if they're the boss, I don't care if they're a spouse, I don't care if it's one of your kids, I don't care if it's you. There, it's narcissistic when you are like, aha. I mean, look at the scriptures. The word aha is used in the scriptures. You know, they, they did that to Jesus. I think on the cross, they more or less like, ah, you know, physician, heal thyself. If you were the son of God, you would come down. Satan said that to Jesus there, you know, put him on the pinnacle of the temple. And it's like, you know, aha, if you were the son of God, you'd cast yourself down. That kind of thing. And he didn't use the word aha in that. But the idea is now we know, now we know. And, you know, anyone that's got a narrative written in their mind ahead of time and is looking for someone else to, to show up as a bad dude, they're not, you're not looking for someone's success. You're looking for their failure because it will, it will help your narrative. It'll help you. Now, you may have a good narrative that God is right and the world's wrong. But if part of that narrative is that you got to look right, guess what? That's narcissistic because then you're going to look at other people and like, aha, now I, I knew it. I knew there was something about them. I know, Brother Doug, I know that if today I did committed some heinous sin, I know half a dozen people that right off the bat would say, yep, I always knew something. I, I was I always wondered that. By the way, I've done that as well. I remember someone <laughs> fell and I was like, I always knew. You know, I always knew something was on. And God had to show me through the reading of his word that that is not Christ-like. In fact, it's Pharisee-like. It's Pharisaical. And um, they, they said, we know you have a devil. And because of this is what you're saying, no one that's of God would say this. And so they pulled a, a doctrinal you know, thing that out of what he was saying that did not fit the narrative, even though there was some truth to the narrative. If someone says, believe in me and he's not going to die, that's a bad thing. That's, that's true unless he's God. But if he's God, then it's a good narrative. And he's telling the truth again. He's coming to prove he's the son of God. And they just wouldn't buy into it, unfortunately. No, and, and, and you know what? Why didn't the Jews, uh, 
you know, I put a list together some years ago on why the Jews didn't accept Christ. And, you know, they had these messianic expectations. You know what we do to the Word of God? Many of us, when we preach the Word of God, we put our own slant on it. And so over the years, over the centuries, you know, the Jews are talking about this pretty major political leader who's going to liberate them from all things Roman, who are going to come in and blast everybody away. So the Jews have heard this from their rabbis and stuff. Certainly our Savior is coming, and he's just going to start fragging people. It's going to look like <laughs> Star Trek. You know, they're going, to, he's, they're going to be turning people into dust and all these things. But the Bible never said that. It's these messianic yeah. leaders. It's these rabbis add into the word of God. It does matter what church you go to. It yep. does matter that you're listening to the word of God. It does matter that you trust what God's saying. And, and then, you know, another reason they didn't accept him folks is he's a threat to their religious establishment. You got to understand having a Jewish religious establishment a couple thousand years ago, you were making some money over there for the synagogues and stuff. You had people coming into the treasury area and they were coming in, they were showing, look at, look at Jews. We're giving money money to what you guys are doing. We know we're not allowed in the room, but we're giving money. And I don't even think the Jews ever said anything like, well, you know, it's not doing you any good because you're not believing in the, in the future coming Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You're not yeah. keeping his law. But then Jesus shows up there and says, hey, these are my people. They all are. This is freaking them out. Well, you got to have devils. you got to have all this. And then, boy, the Jews, and we see this today, folks, don't ever let culture and social differences get in the way of knowing your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, or sharing him. I know these missionaries who go to play, well, I can't be around these people. You know, these women run around without shirts of brassieres on in Africa. I can't go shut up grow up yeah. you know uh you know there's cultural and social differences and when god calls us to go somewhere we go there yeah. and uh and and you know and so there and another problem you know you had all these magicians kevin you had all these people around and they were hiding a quarter in one hand having it in the other or caesar's money they were pulling coins out of people's ears and stuff and for some reason these people are thinking that here's jesus doing these sign miracles that are unbelievable that everybody saw or some way like a magician or something so they're saying you know he doesn't fit our cultural social thoughts of what he should be he's not fragging the romans he's not sticking up just for the jews they didn't realize he's the savior of all folks can i tell you something today understand that you serve the savior of all yeah boy the um th these people here the jews wore wore uh their convictions as a badge of honor and they wore them on their sleeves and um when jesus came along he did not give the expected honor to them and so they just kind of mumbled about it. But when he did not give the expected honor to Abraham and to Moses, that was their time to say, see, you know, art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? Verse 53, and the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? So they were able to go back to their meetings and to their synagogues and say, and not all the synagogues and not all the leaders, but they were able to go back as, as this crowd here, the narcissists of the group, the ones who had, had cemented their privilege into a religious uh, caste. They went back to the um, to their closed-door sessions and said, yep, did you hear what he said about Abraham? You know, did you, he did, boy, he, he didn't, he didn't take up for uh, Abraham. You know, we, we gave him, we gave him a chance, yeah. but we didn't say, Hey guys, Hey guys, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, I'm for Abraham. Like you're for Abraham. That's what's wrong with this 
panty-waisted crowd today <laughs> that does not know how to take a stand. They're just like, oh, no, no, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to apologize. You know, you know, they're just going to be so um, get along with everybody. We're not going to make any waves at all. And um, Jesus said the world hates him because he testifies of it that its deeds are evil. So uh, Jesus just walked the truth. He did not make himself harder than he really was. He did not make himself softer than he really was. He just was himself. And when the other people said, well, we want you to publicly kind of make us seem uh, like we're in charge, he's like, no, you're, you're not. You're, you're not. You don't deserve to be. And uh, by the way, I'm not out here claiming that I, I should be. I'm here saying, look at me and be saved and uh, let, let my father let my father get all the glory. What an example of Jesus Christ. Oh, he sure was. And, and folks, the last reason the Jews had a problem with Christ is uh, they were worried about what the Romans were going to do to them. You know, yeah, hey, yeah. here's their Savior, yeah, man. Yeah. We, don't, we don't want the Romans to come around and shoot us up, man. We, we don't want the Romans to come around and jail us and, and do all these different things. Stop your fears today. Go out there and serve God. Let the world know you're serving God. And, hey, when you get out today, as I always say, with that smile that only God can give you, people will see it, and God will exude through you. We sure do love you, folks. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.